Hey, sports addicts. Welcome to a very special episode this week. Um, it's your host, Caleb Lawrence, and, well, a co-host. My co-host, Adam Tidwell, is not here for this episode. He was exposed to someone who has the coronavirus, and so he is quarantining right now. Um, he probably won't be here next week either, so it's just me today. He did send um, his NFL Week 10 picks so we can go over those, and he did send some of his golden, supposedly, uh, fantasy football advice in, but today it's just me, and I want to thank all of you for listening. Um, we're growing our audience. We are presenting what we believe is a very high-quality product to all of you, and we appreciate everyone who's going to stick with us till the end because I think we're going to make it. I think we have a in-demand uh, product and just stick with us and you're going to get high quality. But anyways, I'm going to start off with two games that stuck out to me for NFL Week 9. And the two games are the Seahawks-Bills. I predicted Seahawks win. Adam predicted the Bills And they did win by 10. So I was completely wrong on that. It was at Buffalo. And the other game is the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Where no one saw that coming. Unless you were a Saints fan who was full of it. But let's start with Seahawks Bills. Are the Seahawks in trouble? Yes, I think they are. Um, I've been on the Seahawks bandwagon. I've been on the Russell Wilson bandwagon. And... It is it is completely acceptable to lose by 10 to the Buffalo Bills. I understand that. But that their defense is terrible. What isn't acceptable is to have a position, well, not a position, a defense that is so horrid that the Buffalo Bills just decided to throw the entire game and you could not stop it. Could not stop it. That is unacceptable. That will not win you your division. That will not win you many playoffs games. And it sure as heck won't win you a Super Bowl. You can't depend on Russell Wilson to win you every single game. And I do think he's going to do it. And I think Russell Wilson may be good enough just to win them their division. Uh, They got lucky with the Dolphins beating the Cardinals by three. So they're still... um, in good position to win the NFC West. They do play the Rams this week. We'll get to predictions on that. But the Seahawks, yes, they are in trouble. If you're a fan, yes, you should be worried. This is not a Super Bowl team right now. Unless Pete Carroll gets his defense to be playing better at the end of the year where they can at least put up a fight against the Buffalo Bills. It, it shouldn't have even been a 10-point game. The Bills were up by more than that. It was a blowout. Unacceptable. And the Dol- the Cardinals, right now, they look like the better team. Um, my bet is Russell Wilson just goes crazy against them when they play November 19th. But we'll see. Next game, Saints-Bucks. Adam and I both predicted the Saints, or the Buccaneers would win. The Buccaneers lost week one, and you know what? That's acceptable. It's Tom Brady's first game with a new team and a new system, new head coach, new everything. 
for 20 years. And they lost in a close, hard-fought game. And then they go, the Saints travel to sunny Tampa Bay, and the Bucks get a game at home where they can showcase that they are the hottest team in the league, and they can take control of the division and the NFC as a whole, and they got stomped. The I know everyone's banging on Tom Brady, as they should be. Three interceptions, but you're not going to see that again. There's nothing to take away from that for me, okay? Uh, what there was to take away is his offensive line could not protect him the entire game. And I hate to blame everything on them, because that wasn't the only reason, but Tom Brady's ultimate weakness is if you get a pass rush on him. He's not Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray. He can't escape the pocket. That is how he has been beat time and time again in his career, is when his offensive line cannot protect him. Otherwise, it's usually going to dissect you apart if he has the weapons, and we know there are an abundance of weapons in Tampa Bay. Now, many think bringing in Antonio Brown was a bad idea because of his uh, past issues with behavior. And I, from what I've seen of Antonio Brown, he seemed sincerely changed. Um, we'll see how the lawsuit goes with the rape allegations. But there, there's almost like too many weapons. That's my problem. There are too many mouths to feed in Tampa Bay. You have to choose the guys that you're going to implement in your game plan. Mike Evans, duh. And then Scotty Miller, sorry. You're not Antonio Brown. And you may have to choose between Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin. Which which one of those guys is more selfish? Now, history would tell you definitely Antonio Brown, but we'll see. One of those has to be the clear number two to me. Uh, Gronkowski's the tight end. He's kind of, you know, their they're own thing. They're, uh, half their job is blocking, and he doesn't care. He said it himself about getting receptions. But I know Mike Evans cares. Number one guy. And then you have to choose between Godwin and Brown. Which one of those guys are you you going to feed uh, relatively often. And that that's just a huge, huge um, void to fill for the Bucks. And then on their defensive side, their defense is supposed to be good. Now, the Saints got a lot of good field position, but they scored 38 points with Drew Brees, who cannot throw the ball that far downfield. He still is accurate. He still has a good arm. He can still read defenses. He is still elite. Okay, I'll give you that. But he he's not Patrick Mahomes out here. He's, you know, second-tier quarterback. You know, if you put Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, tier one, maybe Kyler Murray, he, he's not in that level. And the guy torched you. And something called Taysom Hill. Um, I, If you've seen Taysom Hill throw, he, he looks like Tim Tebow. Now, I'm not saying he will be Tim Tebow, but I know he's super athletic, but you let those guys beat you, okay? Michael Thomas isn't on the level he used to be, so, or at least they aren't using him, utilizing him at the level they once did. No, no one can tell me the Saints offense should scare solid defenses. It, it, it shouldn't. This isn't... You know, when they had Jimmy Graham or even last year when Michael Thomas was unreal. It just isn't that. You're lying to yourself if you believe that. Of course, Kamara's 
Alvin Kamara is talented, but it it they just don't have it this year. Okay, they may win a lot of games. They they may even win the Super Bowl, but it's going to be because of almost perfect play from Drew Brees and great defense. That's the Saints road. Tampa Bay, a lot more uh, leniency there, but their offensive line has to play better, and they have to come out with a better game plan. Now, sports addicts, let's move on to this recent Thursday night football game. Titans, Colts, um, not huge markets, Nashville and Indianapolis, but pretty good size. Now, this was a really important game for both teams. They are obviously both in the AFC South. The Colts were one game behind, and now they've got the same exact records, and Colts have a head-to-head win. So, they're in, you'd rather be in the Colts position today. Now, I want to bring up Adam Tidwell's predictions for Titans-Colts. Um, he predicted that Derrick Henry would go off against the Colts. And he predicted, I believe, that the Titans would win their division. So let's get to that point. Derrick Henry goes off against the Colts. John U. Smith had more rushing touchdowns than Derrick Henry did. Okay, his prediction was bullcrap. Derrick Henry had a good game. He did. He did not go crazy. I don't know why I expected him to go crazy against the Indianapolis Colts defense, who is number one overall in the entire league. Okay, I don't trust either of these teams, to be honest with you. You saw the Colts lose last week to the Ravens. Both teams have huge holes. Phillip Rivers, Ryan Tannehill, they're the weak links on both teams, let's be honest. I... And now, for those of you who think Philip Rivers is better than Ryan Tannehill, at one point, he was, of course, better than Ryan Tannehill, but I want to compare their stats this season. So Ryan Tannehill has 7.6 yards per attempt. Philip Rivers has a whopping 7.7 yards per attempt, so it's essentially the same. Let's go to rushing yards. Ryan Tannehill has 114 rushing yards. Not a whole lot, but it is more way more than Philip Rivers' rushing yards total for the year, which is a negative two. Philip Rivers is in the negatives when it comes to rushing yards, so at least Ryan Tannehill has that dimension. And now let's go to QBR, uh, overall measurement of how good the quarterback is playing. Ryan Tannehill, 11th in the league with a quarterback rating of 74.8. Philip Rivers is 20th in the league, quarterback rating of 64.1. So going into the game, we knew the Titans had a better quarterback, a much more stable run game, and the better record, and many of you would say the better team, and yet they got, in in the final score, destroyed. Um, The Titans were up 17-13 to at one point. They shouldn't have lost the game. But what made the difference was the Colts' defense. Defense is not dead, and of course, special teams. Both those units are not dead. They are extremely important. If the Titans' special teams didn't botch the entire game for them, they win this game. Because And also, Titans' defense, where the heck is that? You cannot trust their defense anymore. I'm not sure you could trust it before. The freaking Indianapolis Colts, Phillip Rivers, 
He's like 50 years old. He's their quarterback. I don't know who their running back is. Jonathan Taylor isn't the guy. They're depending on some guy named Naeem Hines who gets like two touchdowns every other two games, if you will. That's their offense. Who T.Y. Hilton, I think he's a 1,000 years old. And they scored 34 points on the Titans, and they got inside the Titans 30 every single drive, except maybe one during garbage time. Every single drive. Part of that is, yes, special teams. But the the Titans defense just fell apart all night. They made like one or two stops on fourth down, and then special teams screwed it up for them. But clearly the Colts are the better team. They, they, they just clearly are. You, you can trust the Colts' defense. You can't trust anybody for the Titans. Derrick Henry's going to have a nice game every game usually. But if you're one-dimensional, you can't trust Tannehill. Tannehill got outplayed by Phillip Rivers last night. Phillip Rivers had an almost perfect game. And if you can't trust more than one guy, you're not the team to beat. I'm sorry. Colts win the AFC South. Barring, you know, who has the tougher schedule. It's just, it's not even close right now. So, let's move on to the upcoming week. uh, NFL Week 10. You know Adam and I have made predictions for each week, so I want to go over the win totals. Uh, NFL Week 8, I was 7-7, which is pretty sad. It's not the worst. But seven and seven, you know. Definition of average. Adam was nine and five. Very respectable. Not great, but respectable. Um I would say good is you know, ten and four for that week. But it was very respectable, nine and five, beat me by two games. And then NFL week nine, I was a very good eleven and three. And so that brought my wit uh win loss record to eighteen and ten. Adam was a good 10 and 4 in week 9. I only beat him by one game. So he is 19 and 9, a full game ahead of me. And so we're going to have our week 10 predictions right now. I'm going to go through mine. He sent me his. Now for Thursday night, he predicted Tennessee. He didn't say he predicted Tennessee, but we're saying Tennessee because he predicted they win the AFC South and he predicted that Derrick Henry goes crazy. I say I predicted Indianapolis because I did, because of the Colts' defense. On record saying that. So now we're basically tied going into Sunday. So, okay, sports addicts, let's move on to NFL Week 10. Lots of good games this week. Very hard to predict for me. We have myself at 18 and 10, Adam 19 and 9. Let's start off with Cincinnati-Pittsburgh, AFC North divisional matchup. It's at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh are 7.5-point favorites. They open at 10-point favorites, so people are betting on the Bengals to uh, at least cover the spread or, you know, not get blown out. I have Pittsburgh winning 30-27, and the reason I do is because they're coming off a down week against the Dallas Cowboys. They should have absolutely blown them out. But instead, in reality, they should have lost the game at the Cowboys. I don't know how it happened. You can't trust 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can't beat anybody by more than 10 points. It's absolutely pathetic. They play down to their competition. And they may do the same against Cincinnati. But I think they are going to make sure they don't lose to divisional opponent. That they don't have a letdown like they did last week. It was like a trap game. They win 30-27. to Adam, on the other hand, has Cincinnati 27-24. And you can see the reason why. Exactly the same points I made, but from the other side of the spectrum. Pittsburgh doesn't win games by a whole lot, especially ones that they should. Cincinnati, good offense. Joe Burrow, uh, we've seen quarterbacks light up the Steelers' defense. They are, you know, number one defense, but, well, one of the top defenses, not number one. But they're definitely susceptible to great quarterback play, and that's what Joe Burrow has been given this entire season, and they've had a week to prepare. We'll see what happens. So the next game, Washington-Detroit. Washington football team versus Detroit Lions. Detroit's three-and-a-half-point favorites opened at four. I have Detroit winning by a touchdown, 24-17. Adam has the same result, but Lions, 24-10. You can't trust Washington. Washington, uh, Alex Smith, three interceptions last week, five turnovers overall against the New York football Giants, which I predicted correctly. Washington's got nothing going for them except a good defense and... It's not like their offense can do anything. They got uh, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, who's playing great. The quarterback situation is a bunch of crap. I like Alex Smith. He's had a good career, but he's clearly not elevating the rest of those guys to an elite level. And that's why I have Matthew Stafford able to score some points against this Washington football team defense, and they win. Next game, Houston-Cleveland. Cleveland... Two-and-a-half-point favorites opening, but now they are four-point favorites. I see Cleveland definitely winning. The reason why is because I believe in Kevin Stefanski. I don't necessarily believe in Baker Mayfield, but Kevin Stefanski has proven he has a great offensive mind. He's had a week to prepare for the Houston defense, which is terrible. Deshaun Watson would have to absolutely superman his guys, Will Fuller, Darren Fells, whoever else they got, Randall Cobb, against a pretty solid Cleveland defense in order to win this on the road, mind you. I don't see it happening. I see Cleveland winning 31-25. Deshaun Watson gets Houston 25 points. Okay. Adam, same result, Cleveland 21-17. Next game, Green Bay. I believe we've picked Green Bay every single time. And I'm going to do the exact same this time. They are 13.5-point favorites against Jacksonville. It's in Green Bay. I don't think this game should be close. But, you know, with the Vikings, it should have been close, and they lost by 6 or 7 points. Don't know what happened. I have Green Bay not uh, giving the same letdown, winning 28-14. Adam has them 27-9. Aaron Rodgers... Good game. Aaron Jones, good game. Devontae Adams, the offense rolls. Jaguars have literally nothing special unless you want to say Jake Lutton. We'll see if he can do anything. Next game, Philadelphia, New York Giants, my football Giants. Of course, I'm going to take the Giants at home, even though they're four-point underdogs. I like the direction that they're going. I really like Joe Judge. 
they should have won the first time. And my hope is they realize that we should have won and we didn't. Let's go kick some butt. I, Eagles have had the Giants number for years now. So no, it would not surprise me if the Eagles won. But we're we're kind of in the divisional race, if you will. I think we're 2-7 and seven at this point. We, we could win. Uh, we could even win the division. This would be step number one. You have to win this week if you want a chance. You have to beat the team that is number one in your division. Let's go. Giants, 23-20. Adam, on the other hand, has a low-scoring game. The Philadelphia Eagles, 14-10, and for obvious reasons. The Eagles always beat the Giants here in uh, recent memory. The Eagles have the better quarterback by far, Carson Wentz. They have a proven head coach, Super Bowl-winning head coach and Doug Peterson. Their defense is solid. Will that give Daniel Jones problems? I would say absolutely. I mean, he, he trips on air when he runs against the Eagles. We all saw that. He, Evan Ingram can't catch what would be game-ending passes against the Eagles. So, yeah, they're, they're going to give the Giants problems. He has them winning. Low-scoring game, 14-10. Now let's go to what may be a... A huge whoop-butt game. Uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina. Tampa Bay are six-point favorites on the road against Carolina. They got destroyed by New Orleans. Team they should have beat. They had to beat in order to, you know, make people actually believe in them. They did not. I have the Bucks winning by a touchdown, 23-16. Adam, Bucks, 27-10. It, it's obvious. Carolina may not have Christian McCaffrey, and I would not want to play a pissed-off Tom Brady. Next game, Denver-Las Vegas. This I could see being very close. I personally like the Raiders because I like John Gruden a lot. The Raiders are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home, but Denver has shown the ability to keep it close in games. Uh, They were close with the Falcons last week. They almost won. And they beat the Chargers the week before. Those are two, you know, uh, offensively-minded teams that they stuck with. So they they give teams a fight. But I have the Raiders winning 2017. Adam has them winning 17-4. So neither one of us have them covering the spread. And I don't trust Drew Locke. I trust John Gruden. He's going to put together a good game plan. Uh, I trust their offense to make plays. And maybe, I mean, what what can we really think of the Raiders? They, they win games that they should win, and they lose games that maybe they shouldn't lose. Um, they upset Kansas City. They're on the road to, you know, giving Kansas, or at least making a wild card spot in the AFC. They're 5-3. and three. So we'll say, let's go with the momentum of the Raiders, 2017. Next game. Arizona-Buffalo. Buffalo is playing essentially the same team they played last week that they beat by 10, but it's at Arizona. So, Arizona opened at 2.5. Now they're three-point favorites. They they lost a close game against Miami. Definitely a blow to them because they could have, you know, taken a clear lead in the NFC West, but they did not. I have Cardinals definitely bouncing back this week against Buffalo. I don't think you can run or throw all over the Cardinals' defense. They can at least put up a fight, unlike the Seahawks' defense. 
Kyler Murray will be Kyler Murray. And he leads his team to a 30-27 win. Adam has card knows as well, 31-28. Next game, Seattle Rams. Now, I almost took the Rams, who had a week to prepare. The Rams have a good defense. Seattle doesn't have a defense, and you're going against Sean McVay, who is a supposed offensive genius. Seattle are two-point underdogs, believe it or not. They are two-point underdogs, and it's clear why. They couldn't beat Buffalo, who was having a terrible month. Their offense couldn't score, and they gave up 44 points to them. They made Josh Allen look like the guy he was the first month of the year. But, of course, I'm going to take the Seahawks. 27-25. They don't cover, but Russell Wilson, I believe in him just enough to win. Adam has the Seahawks winning by a touchdown. He does have the Seahawks covering 24-17 because on the flip side, the Rams, um, yes, their defense is good, but you saw what happened against Miami. You can't get that out of your head. Jared Goff was like a scarecrow getting attacked by crows all day out there. He was getting destroyed. And maybe Seahawks can use that same formula. Maybe Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams blitzing. I don't know. Uh, make Jared Goff uncomfortable, and we'll see what happens. Next game, the New Orleans Saints coming off a huge win uh, at home against San Francisco. They are 9.5, 10-point favorites, and they open at 6.5, but we know this is a game the Saints should win. Don't ever underestimate the 49ers, though, but what what can they really do with the pieces they have? Nick Mullins is your quarterback. Yes, Brandon Ayuk is coming back. I believe Ryan Mostert's still injured on IR. But the Saints, they have a formula to win. I think they'll be able to implement it against the 49ers. I have them winning big, 31-14. Adam, on the other hand, has the same team winning, but closer margin, 27-21. So not quite covering. I do have them covering. But usually in... NFL, you know, most teams aren't going to cover the spread, but really, what are the 49ers going to do against the Saints defense? I know Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius, but what what can he do? Well, he's got Nick Mullins back there. Nick Mullins. And he does have Raheem Mostert. I'm not sure he's got Debo Samuel back. He's getting Brandon Ayuk back, but we'll see unless Richie James and Brandon Ayuk pull off an upset. I don't see it. Baltimore, New England. Sunday Night Football, uh, Baltimore 7-point favorites, at Baltimore 24-20. The Patriots can barely win against the Jets nowadays. So, uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Ravens who beat New England last year when they had the greatest quarterback of all time still playing for them. And have, you know, nine players who opted out or so. Baltimore, closer than people think, 24-20. I don't think they can blow the doors off New England. Adam has a similar result, 17-10. to um, Patriots, you, you can't depend on Cam Newton and whatever his parts are to score consistently. So he has some Baltimore Ravens winning by a touchdown. Next game, Chargers-Miami. And this is one where we differ, Don. Uh... Miami's hot. They are at home. They are one and a half point favorites. 
You got Justin Herbert, you got Tua, and Tua played great last week. Herbert's been playing great all year since he's been playing, and I have the Chargers winning. I know the Chargers lose these games. I know they lose the close games. They lost on one play against the Raiders, but I I just see them winning this game. I see, I think Miami's defense is not as good as it would seem that they are, and Tua might struggle against going against a really good defense in the Chargers, uh, you know, top 10 defense. And I think they win by 10 points. Chargers 27-17. Adam, on the other hand, has Miami winning by 7, 24-17. And I know Miami's defense has been playing great. And I think that's where a lot of these points have come from for what, you know, you would think is offensive scoring. It's really not. It's the... Miami defense and special teams. Maybe the Chargers don't beat themselves this game. We differ on that one. Minnesota, Chicago. Oh, man. I I almost chose the Bears, but I grew a brain. The Bears open as two-point favorites, and now the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, it's at Chicago. I know Kirk Cousins does not play well in primetime, but Dalvin Cook. I know, I know, Bears defense. But Dalvin Cook, uh, Justin Jefferson, possibly Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, and the other tight end, I don't remember his name, but maybe they scored just enough points because Lord knows you can't depend on the Bears offense. I, I, I don't even know what, what, what can you expect from them. I'm not sure you can expect... More than 14 points a game from here on out, unless their defense scores it. I have Vikings winning 21-17, basically because of Dalvin Cook. Adam, on the other hand, has the Bears scoring 27 points. That's really interesting. He has them winning 27-21. I hope this is an easy game for me, but we'll see. It would not surprise me. Of course, it would not surprise me if the Bears won. Maybe Matt Nagy comes out with something to exploit the Vikings' mostly terrible defense. But when you're as terrible as the Bears, surely Coach Zimmerman could come up with something to stop that Bears offense. Surely. But we'll see. Minnesota, 21-17. Bears, 27-21. We're going... We're tied going into Sunday. Let's see what happens. Okay, so let's move on to fantasy football for week 10. Um, Adam, the fantasy god, is not here today. But let me offer you an interesting tidbit. I am beating Adam in both the best fantasy players and the sleepers up to this point. Every single week. And basically every single category. So... I'm doing pretty well right now, so maybe maybe you should pay more attention to what I'm saying versus what Adam's saying. Now, Adam did not send any of his sleepers. He did send his best, so we'll go through that. I'll give you my lineups. I'll tell you why these are going to be the best wafer-wire pickups you can have. And for those of you who are in the betting leagues, the best players to play at each position, you can pick and choose... Let's go. Best quarterback this week. I have Kyler Murray. And it's because Kyler Murray is 
Kyler Murray. He has been number one this year in average points in ESPN PPR. They're playing the Bills. The Bills defense does not scare me a single bit. After coming off a letdown versus a very good, well, I say very good, but a Dolphins defense that has been playing very good. Maybe not a very good defense, but they've been playing very good. He goes against the Bills defense, who has not been playing very good, and he goes crazy. Running back, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense is horrid. He did not have a great game against San Francisco because he was coming off an injury, did not get a lot of snaps. He wants to prove he is still the guy in Green Bay. Gets a couple touchdowns, gets a good amount of uh, carries. He's the number one guy this week. Wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray's number one guy. He had six points last week. Of course he wants to bounce back. You you know he is getting the targeted at least 10 times this game. And of course he's going to bring most of those down. He's going to get a touchdown or two. I like the guy Kyler Murray's going to. They're probably the best duo in the league right now. He's the number one guy at receiver. Tied in, Evan Ingram. Travis Kelsey's on a bye. George Kittle's injured. Who's your guy? Uh, Johnny Smith had 9.5. That was Adam's guy. We'll get to it later. That's pretty respectable. But I'm going to go with the Giants tight end, Evan Ingram. He's on the up and up. Uh, he's going to want to bounce back against the Eagles because you could pin the loss on him when the Giants lost by one point against the Eagles because he dropped an easy catch on what I believe was fourth down. He's going to want to bounce back. Daniel Jones is going to give him the ball. He got a touchdown last week. Big game against the Eagles. Now my flex, Mike Evans. Once again, bounce back guy. They did not score a touchdown against the Saints defense. He is clearly the number one guy to me in Tampa Bay if you watch that game. They're going to want to get the ball to Mike Evans. Now this Coach Arians himself said they were going to lower, not increase, lower Antonio Brown's snap count. That means more targets for Evans. And more targets means more receptions. They're playing the Panthers this week. Not, you know, the Panthers' defense of old in 2015. He's going to have a good game. Tom Brady's going to go to tried and true guy and Mike Evans. He's going to have a good game. It's going to be your number one flex play this week. Defense, I'm going to go with the Steelers. And now I know I have a high-scoring game. But we know the Bengals are prone to turnovers. And the Steelers are going to force their those turnovers. They are going to get sacks on Joe Burrow because that offensive line is not good at all. And it's a divisional matchup. We've seen what they did to the Ravens. They got a touchdown and... A couple picks and a fumble recovery, I believe. We saw them shut down the Browns. And now you're going to see it with the Bengals this week. Kicker, Matt Prater. The Lions are playing the Washington football team. Washington football team. Now, I think I've thrown around like three number one defenses uh, at this episode. I apologize for that. I mean to say they're top defensives. Colts, number one. 
Rams number two, Saints three, Bucks four, Washington five, Steelers six. There you go. That's the defenses I've been throwing around. That's yards per game. Colts are number one, Rams two, Saints three, Bucks four, Washington five. So Washington has the number fifth defense in the league. They get a couple stops near the red zone area. Matt Prater, great field goal kicker, makes enough field goals and gets a lot of points because of that. He's my number one guy this week. And, you know, you, you can debate me on that, but I, I really like Matt Prater. Now let's go to Adams. Justin Herbert for his quarterback. Not a terrible pick. Uh, a little surprising seeing he has Kyler Murray on his team in this league and DeAndre Hopkins. But Justin Herbert is going against Miami. Maybe he has the same thought I do. Miami's defense is not as good as it's been playing. Herbert's unbelievable. They lost barely against the Raiders. They want to go out and score a lot of points so it doesn't come down to the last play. Herbert goes crazy. Running back, Mike Davis. Christian McCaffrey's injured. Mike Davis, he wants to prove that he was, you know, he wants to prove he's the number one guy. Obviously, he's not. He never will be. But, you know, from his perspective, he wants to prove he is the man in Carolina. He has a great game against the Buccaneers. Even though they have a good run defense, Mike Davis gets receptions. The Panthers' offense is going to do something. Matt Rule is an offensive head coach. We'll see how Mike Davis does. Wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster. Not a bad pick. I know many of you in fantasy are disappointed in him, as you should be. But he is on the up and up, up to this point. Big Ben is finally deciding, yeah, I'm I'm going to throw to the number one guy on my team. Juju is clearly the number one guy, I think, even over Christian Claypool. And they're going to bounce back, probably score a lot of points against the Bengals, and it's going to go to Juju this week. And I would say from here on out, Juju's the number one guy for the Steelers. Tied in, John New Smith. He had a respectable 9.5 points, so not a bad pick. He had a rushing touchdown uh, for a game in which the Titans played terrible. That's, you know, a fair amount of points for John New Smith. No, I- okay, so a very interesting pick here, Will Fuller. I almost chose him myself. Uh, Houston is playing Cleveland. Uh, Will Fuller, I think it's clearly Deshaun Watson's guy. You're going to have to score points against Cleveland, believe it or not. Not because of Baker Mayfield, and not because OBJ is gone, but because Kevin Stefanski had a week to prepare. He's gonna, they they get Nick Chubb back. They have Kareem Hunt. They have Jarvis Landry. Austin Hooper's coming back. Their offense could do something. The Texans are going to have to score points to keep it close. Those points are gonna go to Will Fuller because he is Deshaun Watson's guy. You saw the comments he made earlier this week. That would be A G L L. If they did not retain him. I, I, I'm not even going to get into that story. I don't know why they were tempted to trade Will Fuller. We saw how the Hopkins trade worked out. They don't know what they're doing in Houston. But I'll leave it at that. Vikings defense. So the Minnesota Vikings play the Chicago Bears. I find this pick kind of humorous from a Bears fan. And you know the obvious reasoning would be is because the Bears offense sucks. And that's coming from a Bears fan. So, Vikings may be full gold because I picked them last week 
against the Lions, but the Lions did have Matt Stafford, so that wasn't really all my fault. David Blow did not get to play, unfortunately, and we did not get to see Mike Zimmerman absolutely take him down. But we may get to see it against Nick Foles this week. So Vikings defense, number one, goes crazy against a Bears offense who can do nothing. This number one kicker, Nick Folk. Not a bad pick. Ravens and Patriots. Patriots are going to get anywhere near the end zone. Probably going to get stopped because you can't depend on, I don't know what receivers they have. Nikhil Harry. Who else? Damian Harris, if he's playing, is uh, that that running back. Rex Burkhead, is he, is he going to score? Probably not. So if the Patriots are going to score, if they're... And we've seen the Ravens' defense has been, you know, not as good as last year. They are what looks to be 6th, 7th, 8th in the league. Barely respectable. But they're going to make enough stops in the red zone, which is going to give Nick Folk some points. And he had a good game against the Jets, which we predicted. Now, I want to move on to my sleeper picks. Adam did not give me his sleeper picks. Maybe he's too embarrassed that he's getting wiped out by me. Okay, I hit it out of the park last week. I told you Christian Kirk. Um, I told you Drew Locke. Let's see. I told you uh, Kaimi Fairbairn, the Houston kicker. And Sterling Shepard had a respectable 11.7. Uh, my worst guy was Darren Fells, 4.6. You know, not great, but whatever. Uh, Adam's best guy, Jerry Judy. I got him off the waivers this week. He's going to get more targets, I believe. I think he's establishing himself as the number one guy over Noah Fant and Tim Patrick. He had a good week last week for Adam, 25 and a half. So, my sleeper quarterback this week is Baker Mayfield. I, I know, we're all rolling our eyes, including me. But, I think Cleveland's offense is going to score against a terrible Houston Texans defense sound like a broken record, Kevin Stefanski. He's scoring for Baker Mayfield this week. I believe in him. Mayfield's only rostering 22.3% of ESPN leagues, but he does well. Running back, now I'm going to be honest with you. These sleepers, they were tough this week. I found it fairly easy last week, and I did really well last week. But this week, yeah, I don't feel so great. But we'll say Zach Moss. We'll go with the Bills running back. And the reason is because he's getting more of the carries. He's more of a receiving back as well. He's had good double-digit games. Um, The Cardinals are going to take away or attempt to take away the passing dimension of the Bills' offense, which is obviously their strong point. And so it's going to force the Bills to run, which is going to go to Zach Moss. Maybe he gets... A touchdown or two near the red zone. We'll see. Wide receiver, Mike Williams. 64.2% in leagues. Now, Zach Moss, forgot to mention, 56.2%. So, hey, you may get him. But Mike Williams, 64.2%. And same exact reasoning for Christian Kirk last week. What are the Dolphins going to try to do? Take away your number one guy. Not sure if they can. Keenan Allen, I'm biased. He's on my team. He's been great. I'm glad I got him. But Dolphins are going to try to take away your number one guy, who is clearly Keenan Allen. That means Herbert 
has Mike Williams to go to, who had five receptions and 81 yards. He is a good deep target. They're going to have to score in order to beat Miami. Tua looked great last week. We'll see what he does this week. But Mike Williams, I feel good about him. 64.2%. Tight end. Go get this guy off the waiver wires, I'd say. Austin Hooper. And I wouldn't have said that before. I drafted him. Dropped him like week one. I don't know. The only reason I say this, he's in 67% of your leagues, is they've lost OBJ. Jarvis Landry's proven he is not a fancy guy right now for the Browns. Um, so they got to go to someone. Austin Hooper had a good, or is a good tight end. He, he was good with the Falcons. And maybe they go to him more. And that that's my reasoning. Um, someone's got to score points outside of the running backs, you would think. And it's not Landry. And sure as heck isn't Rashard Higgins. So we'll see. Now my second tight end. Yes, I'm going to give you a second tight end. Because Austin Hooper's in 67% of leagues. So it's not a great sleeper. Irv Smith, 5.14%. Or 5.1%. Yeah, 5.1%. And he got two touchdowns last week. It's just a shot in the dark. Maybe the Bears don't cover him too well. He gets a touchdown. Flex, Henry Ruggs, 40.5%. He has not been having a great year. But I think he breaks off this game because he had, I believe, one fantasy point last week because of a rush for 10 yards, maybe. So he he's definitely going to want to bounce back. Uh, the Raiders are playing the Broncos. Broncos' defense isn't the greatest. Raiders are going to want to score against their opponent a lot. Ruggs brings that dimension, 40.5% leagues. You could probably get him. He's going to do well. Defense, Lions. And I, I chose, I believe, the Vikings defense last week. They scored seven. Now, let's see what the Lions do. The Lions are playing the Washington football team who had five turnovers. That's a lot of points for your fantasy matchup. Go pick them up. Matt Patricia, defensive head coach. He's surely can exploit Alex Smith. I mean, come on now. Now let's go to kicker. Graham Gano, Giants kicker. Like I said, Washington football team, number five defense in the league because of Ron Rivera. You can see the clear turnaround with Rivera there. Giants, offense is moving, but the Washington football team makes some stops, gives Graham Gano a great kicker. He used to kick for Carolina. I had him the year he did when he did really well. And... Gets a ton of points. He's in 24% per, 24% of leagues. You could definitely get him. That's a guy who's going to do really well this week. So, uh, once again, thank you, Sports Addicts, for listening to our NFL coverage this week. And I hope to give you great content next week and every week after that. Uh, stick with us, and we will stick with you and giving you accurate and bold predictions. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to transition to our first NBA story of the year as far as our coverage. Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo 
both reports coming out, they want to be traded. Now, Oladipo has said his goal is to lead the Pacers to championship. Blah, blah, blah. Not going to happen. So, I, I just want to evaluate the impact that both of these guys should make on the team. Russell Westbrook, we know what he is. He's really athletic. He he plays hard, but he can't shoot in the shooter's league. It's as simple as that. You're a point guard who can't shoot. What? And he doesn't adapt. He doesn't. He plays the same game over and over again where he gets a lot of rebounds and gets a lot of assists. And he jacks up a bunch of shots. And it does nothing to help his team win. So, I'm a Heat fan. I hope the Heat don't get him. Supposedly the Knicks. Of course, it would be the Knicks. I think it'd be fun to see Westbrook at the Knicks. That would be like a match made in heaven in my mind. Because Westbrook is electrifying. And, you know, Madison Square Garden is like the mecca of basketball. So, I want to see that. But as far as contenders, do you, do, do you think... Russell Westbrook makes the Clippers better he, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Well, we've seen the Paul George-Russell Westbrook experiment. Paul George got out of there after he signed a contract. He left. Didn't want to be there anymore. The Lakers? Did the Lakers really need him? Right? The defending champions? You think Anthony Davis wants to see Half his shots taken away because Russell Westbrook's breaking threes. <laughs> LeBron, he wants to see Westbrook and his insane handles. Not really. Uh, turning the ball over every five possessions. No. Now let's go to the East. Um, Celtics, you know, I, I can tell you, Westbrook wreck that team up. Because he is the definition of inefficient and the Celtics attempt to be the definition of efficient. Now let's go to the Miami Heat. My team, of course I hope they do not get him. Please don't trade for Russell Westbrook. Uh, uh, We do probably need another star in order to win. But Russell Westbrook is not the guy. I don't know how he would have helped us against the Lakers. Um, Maybe defense. And, I mean, yeah, he's got some size, but he's not, you know, unbelievable. Uh, I I don't know how Russell Westbrook helps any of these teams. I won't trade for him. He's too expensive. Um, I maybe have him... Now, I know this is going to be unbelievable, but I'd maybe have him come off the bench. Give the second guy's uh, energy boost. But I, I'd play Goran Dragic over Rus- Russell Westbrook any day because... He takes care of the ball, he makes shots, he finds shots, and actually makes them. And the guys like him. Uh, the Bucks, I could, believe it or not, I could see the Bucks going after him, because they got to do something to appease Giannis to say, no, Russell Westbrook would not help that team either. Giannis can't shoot. How do we fix it? Let's bring in another guy that can't shoot? I don't think so. But... Giannis said uh, him staying depends on what decisions the Bucks make. I guess that implies what they're going to do to the roster. Can't trust Chris Middleton. But, I mean, yeah, Russell Westbrook is a superstar. You, you can trust him to deliver the stats. 
maybe not uh, wins, but he could deliver stats. Maybe that gives Giannis uh, full gold hope to stay. We'll see. Uh, next guy, Victor Oladipo. I actually like Victor Oladipo. Uh, I think he's he knows what he is. He's a solid scorer. I don't know what his contract situation is. I mean, if he's so expensive, I mean, always, the rule should be, if they're not worth it, don't trade for it. Miami Heat, I'd be fine with Victor Oladipo. I think he helps. Clippers, I think he helps. Uh, Lakers, I think he fills the void of Avery Bradley. I know he may be coming back, but he's like a better version of Catavius Caldwell-Pope. He plays okay defense, and he could score. I think Victor Oladipo helps. Um, Milwaukee Bucks, I think he helps. He's a better version of Chris Middleton, scores and plays pretty good defense. But I think he's more dependable than Chris Middleton. Uh, who else? Um, the Celtics, absolutely. He he scores, plays pretty good defense, helps. I think any team would be lucky to have Victor Oladipo on their team. I'm interested, how would it help the Celtics? The Celtics are stuck in no man's land in my mind because Jason Tatum's not a superstar. Um, Jalen Brown definitely isn't. He needs hugs from his mom in the playoff series. Okay, yeah, that. I never heard that from LeBron or Kobe or MJ. Hug from his mom. Okay. Uh, who else? Yeah, I mean Daniel Thais. Really, I'm not sure he should be a center, a starting center in the league, but here he is. They got Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker chokes in the playoffs for them. He did nothing in Charlotte. He's doing nothing now. I'm sorry. I hate the Celtics. They they should be good. They should have won the East this year, and they choked. And it's because they don't have the clear number one guy. They need a LeBron. Or, I know Oladipo might not be that guy, but maybe he could be? I mean, Jason Tatum, he, he gets the stats, but he, he doesn't bring the dimension of the game like LeBron does, where he controls the game. You need that. You you have to know what you're getting from your superstar, that you're going to have a chance to win. And you, you, should, you have a chance because of the Celtics team, but... Not their individual guys. I I don't necessarily trust Jason Tatum game to game. I know he's way more consistent than he used to be. He's extremely consistent right now, but not not automatic. LeBron's automatic. Anthony Davis, no, I won't get on him, but he's most of you would say he's automatic. Whatever. Jimmy Butler, automatic as far as the effort he brings. Maybe not the stats, but Jimmy Butler put the Heat in position to win nearly every single game in the playoffs. They need that dog, and I don't think Jalen Brown has it, wants hugs from his mommy. And from what I've seen, Jason Tatum doesn't have it. This was supposed to be their year to make the finals. Maybe they would have won, um, but if you can't beat the Heat in the conference finals, you you didn't have a chance of beating the Lakers. I'm sorry. But we'll see where these guys go. And I want to see how the league shapes up this year. Uh, Go Heat Go. And let's see.